0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. It's Craig and I this morning. I'm going to pick up with Ephesians chapter 1 next week, Uh, but this morning I thought it would be really good for Craig and I uh, to have a conversation about kind of what has been going on. Uh, in uh, in the past few days around here, and kind of what ministry looks like in times of plague, and uh, and I, I say that not jokingly, but uh, one of the reassuring things that I hope you all understand is that uh, this is not the first time we've been in a place like this as a church, and I've been spending a lot of time over the past couple days and uh, have learned that Amazon's still running trucks. Uh, and I've bought a couple books that I'll be reading uh, about how uh, our reformers ministered to men and women and children uh, in times of plague and kind of what that looks like and what ministry is going to look like because I don't want you know in our I'm just going to say it in our, like I wouldn't say it otherwise but in our tradition when stuff like this happens because there's such an overemphasis on clericalism and Coming to church and especially receiving the Lord's Supper, that if we can't do that, we really can't do anything. And uh, that is uh, not just a, a false notion, but is detrimental to people, I think, spiritually. And what we have to do is to figure out how to care for our people, because when we come together, Uh, we actually come together not to do anything for God. We come together for God to do something to us. We don't come to tell God something, uh, although of course we pray and all of those things, but we come to hear a word from Him. And as a result of that, then we give ourselves over to Him. Uh, Lord, here I present unto thee uh, myself, my soul, my body. Uh, It's all that I am, Lord, is yours. Uh, But what does ministry look like uh, and getting the word out and getting the gospel out uh, in a creative and even sometimes risky way. So let's pray and then we'll talk. Great. All right. Uh, our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that our lives are in your hands and we pray that you would calm our fears, but Lord, that you would also make us good stewards of that which uh, you've given us. Uh, Lord, we know that this, uh, this virus is very infectious uh, but, Lord, we thank you that kindness is also infectious. And so, Lord, use us uh, to, minister, to your go- minister your gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, in this time. Not, Lord, with just acts of love, uh, but also words of uh, life-changing power and force in them that eyes would be opened to behold Jesus in the midst of this turmoil. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Craig. So, do you have a hazmat suit or or how is this
1: going to work yes um i i since I knew you were tested, I briefly took off my hazmat suit good. um yeah. for this uh for this brief moment here you know it's interesting i i'll I'll begin by to some degree a word of confession, which typically is often a good place um uh, <laughs> typically right. a good place to begin and one of the things I confess to Andrew as we were back uh taking off our uh our vestments is my uh, my nature is such that um, if if everyone's getting swept up in something, I resist it. Um, right. uh, you know, if everyone's reading a particular book, I'm not going to read it um, until later. Um, I'll finally come around on that. So you have
0: no toilet paper?
1: Um, well, <laughs> just just like manna, we do have exactly. Please send it to the smallies. Um, we we are managing. We have a sufficient supply um, to make it through. But uh, you know, I, I confess, I mean, my first. Response in some ways was a was a resistance, uh, and then just because the human heart is so often self-centered, uh, thinking you know uh, I'll I'll be fine, and then as as God graciously works um, to remind us uh, and to remind me uh, of those uh, beyond myself, and beginning to uh, beginning to not only genuinely think about uh, people, particular people that I know, uh, and obviously those that I don't as well, who might be more Prone to being affected by this physically, but also those who are going to be affected by this um, financially. And I think one of the great places for us to begin is in prayer. Yeah. Um, with anxiety being prayers which we offer to ourselves, uh, and instead of offering those anxious prayers to ourselves, beginning to pray to the Lord and beginning to pray and to be uh, mindful of other people. And I I think anytime where you begin to be taken to a place like that that's a that's a gift uh, and a gift from God
0: yeah yeah it it definitely gives you one of the things that I've noticed that this is all done is it gives you perspective and I, I wish that I had more than the lot of time I took uh, in my sermon sure. um but it gives you perspective as to what what's really important that mm-hmm. you should hold tightly mm-hmm. and what can be held loosely yes and that came home to roost even even this morning in our gathering, that um, you know, it's we certainly value and love uh, the ministry that our choir provides, and uh, there's something to be said about um, you know our processions mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, what's most important is that um, we gather around the word. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, if we were to do those things like procession. It would it would just seem foolish. I mean, even mm-hmm. stepping up into the pulpit, yes. uh, which I love to do, and it's a great space. But it, and that's just a small way of saying mm-hmm. you know this is what's actually essential to what we do here at mm-hmm. the Advent. But is what you're alluding to. But even in our lives, what's really important? Like I've mm-hmm. noticed how many meetings don't have to take place, and we're going to be Are okay. Not essential. Yes, right. Yes. Um, or. Or, or how how we're going to spend our time over the next uh, couple weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, but but what I'm really thinking about too is is how do we care for one another mm-hmm. uh, in in the midst of this uh, time? Um, one of the things that I was reading was about the church in Geneva, and um, the church there had. Uh, when I say the church, I mean the city was basically divvied up into parishes, and everybody yeah. had responsibility. Yeah. But in all of Geneva, they designated one guy to be the plague guy. Mm-hmm. He was the plague pastor. Kind of yes. like you, basically. <laughs> well, you know,
1: uh, people have been asking me <laughs> if I was going to be the plague pastor. Yeah, yes. you're the
0: plague pastor. <laughs> and, um, and Pierre Blanchet was his name. And he really gave himself over mm-hmm. to it, and but mm-hmm. died. Yes. Uh, and then Matthew uh, begins with a G. I've forgotten his name. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, but he would also die. And that was very tragic because he was a young man, and he um, they were all about to cast lots for the position, mm-hmm. and he said, you know what, I, I'm going to do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the funny things that happened at that time when Calvin was still there is the, the officials in the city said to Calvin... Your, because eventually what happened was after Matthew died, um, they decided to have a rotation. Mm-hmm. Rather, did you read that short story in middle school, The Lottery? No. Did you read that? Oh gosh, that, that's a terrible one. So rather than it being like The Lottery uh, to see who picked the, the plague stick, um, they did a rotation basis, but the, the leaders of Geneva said Calvin's exempted from that because he's too important. Now, Calvin didn't get into the rotation, but he still ministered to people with plague. But I think one of the things I've realized and, and, I, and Calvin realized too is that that's simply not true because right. that's actually giving into the fear of, mm-hmm. oh, if Calvin died of the plague or any pastor died of the plague, mm-hmm. then where would we be? Yes, And that God couldn't possibly take care of us Right. If, yes. if Andrew or Craig right. is, is taken out. And now obviously we're not at a place where we're as in jeopardy of dying uh, of the plague but but it's very precarious because even the people who would be vulnerable in our congregation, as much as I want to visit them, I, I don't want to unknowingly carry mm. yes. the virus yes. right. to them. And so actually some of the pastors in Geneva, they would minister to people through the window
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so it'll be an awkward sight, but I can see us at windows. But So what yes. does it look like to minister to people right now?
1: Um, well, I'll say a little bit more pragmatically, but one of the first things I'll say, and I not to sort of um, wearily preface everything, but um, we, we are concerned for people and we want to be concerned for people. And, and yet, um, and, and the, the concerns and and the dangers for people are real and serious, but one of the amazing messages, a starting point for us as Christians uh, is that uh, we don 't have to fear death mm-hmm. uh, and granted that's 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 jumping ahead a little bit, and that that's a that's a rarity with this particular um, virus for most people but uh, I do think it's a it's a starting place for us in the way that we minister in the way that we go about life and in the way that we're at the end of the day people who are hopeful, those wonderful words. Um, in the burial office. Um, all we go down to the grave, yet, yet even at the grave we make yeah. our song. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So to say that um, at the end of the day, we're people who are comforted uh, and assured uh, as as we go about life to know that the greatest thing has already been addressed. And and we're trying to, It it is interesting because it's a challenge. We, uh, Estelle and I, not surprisingly, have been talking about it and praying about it. We've consulted our, our chaplains that visit uh, retirement communities and folks who are homebound and, and the hospitals and uh, wanting to say, how can we minister and care for people in ways that that it doesn't raise their right. um, anxiety by by our showing up? Right. Um, and so I do think, I mean, this is uh, not rocket science, but um, I mentioned honestly, when we talk about prayer and praying for people, um, but that's a that's a thing of tremendous power that that we pray for people with with regularity that we're doing things like this that we make phone calls that we send letters that we send mm-hmm. um, emails to remember that you know that that we really are connected with one another we I, I love uh, our public gatherings uh, and our and our public worship and as we were going through the service today I'm Looking out and sort of envisioning at seven thirty, at, at nine, eleven, who would be sitting in different in different places, and you know, uh, imagining our being connected to those people because we are in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, connected to one another. I saw
0: some of them looking at their watches while I was talking uh, yeah.
1: Exactly, we know who they were. Um, yeah. Yes, uh,
0: yeah. I think you know, I mean, that because I mean, one of the things that I, I don't want people to misunderstand when we talk about being willing to put ourselves out mm-hmm. there is we're not like, you know, one of the things that happened in the early church was that there were some who were anxious to be martyred.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and so it's, it, we're not talking about being reckless. yes. Uh, but what we are talking about is here is an opportunity where because of this virus, everybody's thinking about dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that never happens. And yes. what's going to make it worse is it's not just the fact that it's amongst us, but now with these quarantines going on Mm -hmm. that even though I mean right now Birmingham's not at that point but most of us are probably going to stay home in the house. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go out unless we really need to and that downtime is actually going to compound things by giving us time to think about our own mortality and I think
1: that that's great. I agree.
0: Um, We're all going (laughs) to die. Yes. Um, and, And so to actually enter into that, and I think you're right that it may be that we're probably going to be engaging, I hope, in, in some face-to-face, but a lot of um, correspondence through email, mm-hmm. uh, talking about this uh, via the telephone, mm-hmm. um, and, and that I'm encouraging people to go there.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To go. Actually,
0: to think about, okay, if I get coronavirus, then what, mm-hmm. and then what? Right, And of course, statistically, um, most people who get it are not going to die. But the reality that we do have vulnerable people in our congregation who, if they were to contract it, mm-hmm. they may in fact die. Yes. And so yes. it's very real and it's easy for, yes. for you and I to say, who are right. so healthy um, uh, and youthful. Just look at uh, us. Yeah, uh, to be able to say, oh, if I get it, it's just going to be... <laughs> There's a laugh track in here. Um, <laughs> that we're, you know, it's easy for us to say, "Yes." Um, oh, if we get it, it's just going to be like right. a bad cold yes. or, or a minor flu. When in reality, we need to be thinking about mm-hmm. the elderly, those with pre-existing Absolutely. conditions, and yes. um, and and not to put the Lord God mm-hmm. to the test.
1: Agreed. You know, it it is one of the things I was thinking about is. I really do think it has the opportunity to be a fruitful time for us spiritually. I think this is true of most of us, if not all of us. I can certainly say that it's true for me, is that when I grow deeper in relationship with the Lord Jesus, when I grow spiritually, it's always because of crisis. Right. And it's always because my usual routine and my usual way of looking at life has been interrupted. And I think that's one of the gracious things that God does from time to time in our lives, or there's certainly great opportunity when our lives and our normal routines and our normal ways and our normal expectations are interrupted. It gives us the opportunity to turn. It gives us the opportunity to evaluate. One of the great things when we lived on Sullivan's Island, and there were a lot of great things, but one of the Worst things, but one of the great things was when hurricanes would come. And being a barrier island, we would be evacuated. Right. And one of the things that was always a spiritual exercise was to say, what did you take with you, um, when, you, when, you when you had to leave? It, but, because obviously what that said is, what do you, what's important to you? What do you value? Uh, and I think one of the things I think about, and hopefully this isn't um, uh, too tangential here, but I think as we have this time when we're forced to be reflective, uh, to to spend more time uh, reading the Bible, to spend more time praying, to spend more time reflecting, to talk about what are the things that we value? Where do I find my strength and security? Where do I find my assurance? Uh, who is God placing upon my heart? I think there's a great opportunity for us as a community of faith, and I know we're always tentative, but as we have that time of reflection, as as God places people on our hearts to reach out to those people yeah. and it doesn't have to be because I'm worried about uh, so-and-so necessarily sometimes it's just uh, a person or people are placed on your heart it's a great opportunity for us as a congregation to reach out to yeah. one another and say hey I don't want to sound weird but you just you've you've been on my mind you've been on my heart yeah uh, I,
0: I would I would take that a step further yeah. and um, and in these times more than just calling somebody and saying can I help you with anything just do it mm-hmm Just do it, so if you're one of those people who is stealing from your neighbor and has innumerable rolls of toilet paper or gallons of Purell or canned goods or whatever it might be, um, I would ask you to take a realistic assessment of what you have and what you really need and give it away actually don 't ask anyone just if you if 're aware of somebody who 's in need that you take them a gift basket full of rolls of toilet paper or that you give them canned goods or whatever it may be, um, that you just go and, and do it and leave it on the doorstep and, and walk uh, and walk away uh, and I because mean, I think one of the things that i 've been reading a lot of Jesus' healing stories. Mm-hmm how people would make a beeline to Jesus. So whether it's uh, you know, the story of Jairus' daughter and the mm-hmm. woman uh, mm-hmm. with the issue of the flow of blood uh, or, or any of the other mm-hmm. healing miracles that Jesus has, the, the running to Jesus uh, in order to, to get that healing. And not, for the, not simply for the sake of the healing. Um, it'd probably be worth talking about the healing of the man at the pool of Bethsaida, which is such an interesting... Um, Story because in that story, actually, um, um, he's a paralytic, and while he's there, uh, the man says, I want to be healed. Jesus asks, Do you really want to be healed? And the man says, Of course I do, but I don't have anybody to take me down to the Mm -hmm. pool. Mm -hmm. And there's no record that the man ever asked anybody. Mm -hmm. And so, what he wants is the healing but but doesn't understand that, that the whole nature of reaching out in faith mm-hmm. and actually putting your trust yes. in in the Lord Jesus yes um and and to not allow your life to be consumed and overwhelmed by whatever it is that you're suffering from mm-hmm. or um or whatever debilitation that you experience that that's not your identity mm-hmm. um and so ministering the gospel uh to those types of people and one thing you know I, You and Paul have been in small groups for so many years, shifting the gears a bit. Yes. But along the same lines of what I've been talking about, and I mentioned in announcements, is, um, you know, it's great that people are able to tune into the live stream, Mm -hmm. but we're still at a place where where smaller groups can gather. Yes. And not just small groups. I'm glad that you're doing that. But actually, you know, going to some of your neighbors who probably aren't even Adventers, and saying, "Hey, we're going." Like yeah. this morning, our neighborhood gathered in the cul-de-sac mm-hmm. uh, at the end of mm-hmm. our road, and being able to say, "Hey, let's let's gather together for the next several Sundays." It may be that you gather and watch the live stream, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that there be um, a real opportunity
1: for you to pastor your neighborhood. Indeed, indeed, you know it. Again, God seems to do uh, much of his greatest work uh, in times of, you know, there's always, we we always have that deep and desperate need um, for God. But, of course, uh, from time to time, that reality is pressed upon us. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, uh, you know, not only is it a great gift to recognize what we often, well, what we almost constantly try to hide is is God's sufficiency and our insufficiency, but there's also, I think, a great opportunity in times such as this, as you're mentioning, gathering with your neighbors and ministering to one another to recognize our common need and our common humanity, I mean, the, to, to bridge uh, to bridge the gaps, I mean, that really, that can open up, and I think one of the ways God so often moves so very powerfully, but it often starts in very simple, grassroots ways, just as you're describing, through these relationships, demonstrating concern for one another when, um, five years ago when Paula had her accident. I mean, it was one of those opportunities where uh, all of a sudden, love and grace and kindness that had always been there had opportunity to be expressed in a way which was phenomenal. And I, and I think times such as this, it, it, people did grand things and people did simple things, and, and all those had a tremendous impact. And uh, I think that's a great opportunity here to do um, Love and faith and kindness demonstrated in ways large and small at this time. Uh, that plant seeds and, it's bear, and it bears fruit uh, beyond our recognition. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> there's, there's the one arm of being active in loving yes. your neighbor. And of course, that's not the end. That, that, right. that we're doing this in the same way that Jesus did healing miracles to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ Indeed. Um, in this gospel opportunity. But I wonder if a lot of people are like me and it's not so, I feel fine doing that. Like I, yeah. I, I'm fine putting together a gift basket. I'm fine putting, going over and mowing somebody's lawn. I have a very hard time allowing other people to do that for me. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and we actually are at a place where, yes. and if we're not willing to let someone do something mm-hmm. for us, how much more unwilling are we going to be to let Jesus uh, into our lives?
1: Yep absolutely no i agree completely i will tell everyone um i love to have people do things for me so um feel free uh <laughs> knock yourself out uh i'll i'll post a list uh on the website do you, um, uh,
0: your favorites tuna
1: casserole is that right tuna casserole <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah some lovely cheddar uh on top and maybe a dollop of mayo um, oh, That's a yes. that's a joke yeah. that's a joke don't do that don't do that <laughs> no, for please break. yeah please uh, please don't no i i it, once again I, I i appreciate your sharing that i mean it's um Wonderfully graciously um, God challenges us a, a, again and again and again and and this whole facade we like to put up of our and I mean good heavens God does give us uh, gifts and abilities to be sure, but this whole facade that we love to put up that we've got it um, right. and that we don't need anything and we don't need anyone um, quite frankly when when God begins to break through that there's a Incredible opportunity for you and for me to be people who are finally free. Yeah, um, to really experience that freedom of Christianity to say, you know what? There's a lot of things I can do really well, and a lot of things that I haven't had. There's plenty of things that I don't. And the opportunity not only um, to be ministered to by the Lord, but the opportunity to be ministered to by one another is incredibly yeah. freeing.
0: Yeah, I think that that you know we're, we're coming to the end of it, but. You know the whole idea of what, what freedom is, and, and freedom is not the ability to choose. Uh, mm-hmm. Freedom is not um, yes. being able to, you know, basically do whatever it is that you mm-hmm. want to do. That actually, that you know, that's that colic that in uh, Jesus, in whose service is perfect yes. freedom, mm-hmm. that that everybody's in bondage of servitude to someone. And so where the Israelites were complaining in the wilderness that God has brought us out here just to kill us, oh, that we would be back in Egypt, what they're really saying is that I don't want to be in bondage to you. I want to be in bondage to to the one in Egypt. But what we learn is that we'd rather be in the wilderness than with Jesus than in Egypt without him. Indeed. And so we're all, you know, in the words of Bob Dylan, we've all got to serve somebody. Yeah. Uh, and that, that that human freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ is not just, it's not the freedom to choose, it's mm-hmm. the freedom to be in Him. Indeed. And, and what He allows. Well, tomorrow you're preaching Lenten lunch services. Uh, you want to give us a little preview? What are you, you going to preach yes. on?
1: Well, um, I know this will surprise everyone, but I thought I might address the topics of fear yes. um, and, uh, and good... uncertainty. Yes. Um, Fear, uncertainty, anxiety, which to some degree we could preach any day. Um, It it doesn't have to be a time such as this. But, um, you know, in the midst of that as well, one of the things I often talk about with friends and friends talk about with me, Jesus speaks to that regularly Mm -hmm. because of his realization that we're often captive to that. And, And to hold up, it's something that we need to be just basically how we need to hear the gospel every day, that those things are are real, and God doesn't discount the reality of those, but we're given greater security, greater assurances in Him, and and then ultimately, of course, that in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, He's given the final word. Amen. Uh,
0: Amen. um, Well, thanks, Craig. Thank you. Uh, Glad you could join. Lovely to be here today. Join me. I think... um, some some of the things I'm probably going to put up online, uh, and you can Google for it before then. Uh, look up uh, Theodore de Beza, uh, B-E-Z-E. Uh, his uh, treatise on ministering during the plague. Uh, Luther had something to say about ministering during the plague. And there's also a prayer guide because one of the things I'm asking all of you to do, who are watching, and tell your friends to do this, is set an alarm on your phone for noon, and when it goes off, stop and pray. Uh, And if you need some help and prompts for prayer, there's a prayer guide that we have on the website as well. But Craig, would you pray us out?
1: Indeed. Heavenly Father, we do um, offer you our prayers, and I pray that in this time you would so wonderfully, graciously draw us to fix our our eyes upon your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, uh, and that in looking to him, our, our good and glorious shepherd, we would Run the race which is marked out for us um, at this time. Uh, Draw us to you. Draw us to one another. Uh, Be our strong rock uh, today and always. We give thanks that you are. In the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Amen.
0: You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at
1: adventbirmingham.org.